Shadow work is the path of the heart of the warrior. Quote Carl Jung. To honor and accept one's own shadow is a profound spiritual discipline. It is whole-making, and thus holy and the most important experience of a lifetime. Quote Robert A. Johnson in his book Owning Your Own Shadow and Understanding the Dark Side of the Psyche. This thing of darkness, I acknowledge mine. Quote William Shakespeare. In this episode, we are discussing shadow work. Stay tuned. Greetings and infernal blessings, and welcome to the Serpent's Lair podcast. I am your host, Serpent Hidden Mask, and we are talking about shadow work today. One of the most important things you can do on this path. So what is the shadow? What is shadow work? Um, we're going to discuss that, and, and as this goes on, I might do a second segment on some exercises and ritual work. We'll see how long um, this segment goes. I might have to do these in parts. But what is the shadow or shadow work? Or owning the dark side of the psyche, going beyond the ego. The shadow comes from a concept of the shadow self, the hidden self, which originates in Jungian philosophy or psychology, referring to the psychoanalyst Carl Jung, who developed or coined the concept shadow, the shadow self. Shadow work is a type of psychotherapy that focuses on the hidden subconscious, the part of the psyche we reject parts of ourselves we don't want to see or recognize or that we keep hidden from ourselves and from the world. One of the reasons we reject these aspects of ourselves can go back to our childhood um, and different traumas we may have endured. Um, Shadow work is the part of us that we fail to see or know. Things that we sweep under the rug and kind of bury in that dark place of our subconscious. Um, The quote here, everyone carries a shadow and the less it is embodied in the individual's conscious life, the blacker and denser it is. At all counts, it forms an unconscious snag thwarting our most well-meant intentions. That is a quote from Carl Jung. When we reject this part of ourselves, we can develop a persona, um, a character, what we want the world to see us as. And if we are not careful, we can even fool ourselves with this persona image. And it can be very um, destructive. Um, Here's another quote from David Schoen, which uh, he wrote a book called The War of the Gods in Addiction, which is a book based on the correspondence between Bill W. of AA and Carl Jung about alcohol addiction, which the 12 steps are shadow work. I don't think a lot of people realize that in... Um, Alcoholics Anonymous or Narcotics Anonymous they use the same structure Um, the 12 steps actually are shadow work the 12 steps were created by Bill W and Dr. Bob between Carl Jung's work on shadow the shadow self and um, some of the exercises of um, if you call them exercises but of the Oxford group which was kind of a religious group but if you 
look up the Oxford group if it's something that you're interested in researching. Or if you're in addiction and you know of the Oxford group, they were kind of a religious organization that had um, some step work that Bill W. and Dr. Bob kind of um, took to create the 12 steps along with some of Carl Jung's work. Um, so the 12 steps are shadow work. And uh, when I realized that, when that finally like kind of dawned on me, it made so much more sense. I, I kind of had to rewrite, which is, which is kind of um, AA blasphemy to like rewrite the 12 steps. But if you are on this path and you're in addiction and you have read the 12 steps, you can see that they're kind of religious you know, uh, in a sense, or pretty dogmatic. Um, there's a lot of giving things over to God where I felt that I had to not just give things over to God. I had to, um, I had to take them. I had to hold them. I had to figure them out. I couldn't just pass my shortcomings and hot potato them over to, um, some God. So I kind of had to take kind of the religious or the, a lot of the the God aspects of the 12 steps and kind of incorporate them a little bit more directed towards I, myself, and had to kind of restructure them in a way. But, you know, that's just me and what I had to do with the 12 steps. The 12 steps um, work for some people. They don't work for everybody. Um, I feel that they could if they weren't so etched in stone as AA likes to make things, which is kind of like religion, you know, it has to be done this way, it's etched in stone, um, they have to be done this way, they have to be read this way, they have to be understood this way, and I don't really see those parameters, those limitations to be necessary. The 12 steps actually can be applied by anybody, I think. Um, whether it's addiction or, or, or any type of, of problem, any type of work that you need to do on your shadow self, um, the, a, the uh, 12 steps actually are a good format. Um, I mean, you look at the fourth step, you know, um, to make a fearless and moral inventory of oneself, of yourself. That, to me, is kind of the definition of shadow work. Um, that's a good explanation of shadow work, to make a fearless and moral and honest inventory of oneself. And that's kind of what you're doing with shadow work. So right even in the 12 steps, uh, the fourth step right there really defines what shadow work um, really is but going back to this quote of David Schoen again war of the gods in addiction based on the correspondence between Bill W of AA and Carl Jung about alcohol addiction he wrote the persona is the mask we wear in relation to the world and others it is created through a combination of socialization societal expectations one's experience of the world and the natural attributes and tendencies of the individual, combining elements of how we want to see ourselves ideally and how we want the world to see us, as well as how the world does see us, as the world does see us and wants us to be. Our persona defines our social identity it is constructed in relation to the roles we play in our lives and in our world, how we want to look and be seen in it. It is the face or the mask we wear to be presentable and accepted to our society. It is not necessarily who we really are, but who we want to pretend to be to others and many times ourselves. So with ego and some de some either denial of our shadow or um, I mean 
a lot of people don't even know this information about what shadow self even is. So a lot of it even can be narrowed down to one's ignorance. But we all put on a persona. We're all been guilty of that. If you say that you you don't, um, I would say you're lying. <laughs> but this persona self that we put out for everybody to see, we can fool ourselves with this persona a lot of the times, and it can be very de- destructive. And in my addiction, it's definitely been that. Um, the whole reason why I'm on this path is basically kind of slingshotted from um, alcohol and drug addiction and really not finding the answers anywhere else I've looked so but shadow work when it was presented to me when I understood what it was I realized that how much that is an important part of self-analyzation And I tied it into the 12 steps when I realized what shadow work was. And I looked at the 12 steps. I I understood that they were one and the same. But again, putting on this persona. um, This is what David Schoen talks about here. And this can be an issue with repression of the shadow and over-identification with the persona. Uh, the enlargement of the light side of consciousness has a necessary consequence that is part of the psyche, which in less light and less capable of consciousness is thrown into such darkness to such an extent that sooner or later a rift occurs in the psychic system. And that is definitely a... A good uh, kind of outlook. At first, this is recognized as such and is therefore projected in the form of a split between the powers of light and darkness. I will be getting into the different types of work we can do in shadow work, but right here, light and darkness, you know, working with Lucifer embodies both life, light and darkness. So working with uh, Lucifer and the Lucifer energies and the, the Luciferian system uh, works well with um, shadow work, uh, in my opinion. Also, you know, there's, there's other deities that kind of work well with this uh Thoth, Sekhmet, Kali, Shiva, uh, Abaddon, Set. Uh, we talked about Lucifer, Lilia, Semiel. Um, remember in my Working with the Gods episode that the gods represent all aspects of consciousness. Each god in each deity represents a different aspect of ourselves. And when we study them, we can work with these gods accordingly, which I'll talk about um, ritual work and stuff in this uh, segment as well or, or the next segment depending how long this goes here but continuing on Jung theorized that the shadow is a counterweight to the persona we build to deflect the world and ourselves the real aspects of ourselves the shadow self can include negative aspects and impulses such as anger, resentments, anxieties, fears, uh, self-sabotage, and unhealthy addictions or vices. But Jung also believed that it could also hold positive aspects and impulses like creativity. Jung felt the shadow self is a integral is integral to the to a person's experience of the world and their relationships through shadow work the school of thought was that working with our shadow and navigating this dark aspect of ourselves we could gain a better understanding of ourselves who we really are underneath the mask of the persona that we project to become more in tune Jung did not view the shadow self as a negative or shameful part of a person's personality, but more of an important part of one's psyche. So the shadow self can look all negative and bad because when we work with shadow work, we are really trying to address the... um, 
lately is my cat's going crazy. Um, when we're working with the shadow self, we're really trying to work with some of the character defects. We're working with like more of the negative things um, to address those than the positive things. But that doesn't mean that shadow, the shadow self is um, negative or bad within itself. It's just it's something that needs to be addressed. It's something that needs to be focused on. And that's why um, doing shadow work is so important on this path because... Once you understand yourself, then you understand the work that you need to be doing on this path. As the saying goes, you cannot understand the gods. I'm probably butchering this, but, you know, the phrase of to understand the, the gods, you have to understand yourself. If you don't understand yourself, you cannot know the gods. You cannot work on this path if you don't understand what it is you're trying to do. So shadow work is a very integral part in understanding what we need to do on this path in our magical work, in our ritual work. So for instance, say, you know, you want to, you want change and transformation and you've studied the gods and you've studied that set, the Egyptian god set is... Um, a great archetype to work with with change and transformation great what change are you or what are you trying to transform into if you don't understand your shadow just to change the change just to transform to transform what are you putting it in its place what are you trying to change and what are you trying to transform into and this is why shadow work is so important because when we go at our um, our ritual work, we really have to have a concrete foundation of what is exactly it is we're, we're doing. So if I want to work with change and transformation, if I don't know myself, then how am I going to know what to change or transform in my life? Great. I know that I could work with Set and he's all about change and transformation. But if I don't know what I need to change and transform within myself because I haven't done the shadow work, then I'm just wasting my time. And so that's kind of the the explanation, the best that I can put it, of how important shadow work is when we are working on this path. We have to know ourselves to know the work that we're going into. So um, this kind of brings me into my segment of the goal of shadow work um if you understand alchemy which is a completely um other subject that i will get into in the future um the emerald tablets and all that but of mine you may, maybe you've heard this uh before mine the mind so mine m-i-n-e so like mining for gold mine the mind we're trying to transform lead into gold here. And if you understand alchemy and if you know anything about alchemy, this will make a little bit of sense. If you don't uh, know about alchemy, this might be kind of left field, but I'm not going to get into alchemy right now. But what we're trying to do is we're trying to change the impurities within us, lead, into purity gold and this is one of the goals of shadow work to mine the minds to find the gold within us so at least that's how i look at it so the goal of shadow work is to assimilate the shadow and persona so one can learn how to manage our impulses and character defects and awaken and identify our inner self or our inner daemon or our agatho daemon so we're trying to awaken the inner daemon. We're trying to um, set that spark to to know the inner self, to know us deeply, the stuff that we've pushed aside, the stuff that we've ignored. And I'm going to get into a self-reflection ritual in the next segment here. I think I'm going to keep this all in the same episode, um, which will tie this in and make a little bit more sense. But we're trying to identify our inner self and on this path 
that is an extreme important part of what we do um, to gain apotheosis is to awaken the agathodemon or the inner daemon or demonic integration. Jung explains the negative effects on shadow repression, if ignored, can get blacker and more dense. I think I read that already, but that's important to repeat. Um, in extreme cases, this can cause antisocial behavior, such as um, considerations to harm or be violent towards others. Um, you see this in cases of people that have gone through certain abuse, and if they haven't addressed their, shad- their shadow self, the abused can become abusers. Um, we've seen this. I've, I've seen this in my life. Um, someone who was abused as a child, physically, sexually, mentally, emotionally, verbally, whatever... If we don't address these traumas, we can project these things out and become these same things. This is how important shadow work really is because you don't want to to be that. You know, you don't want to be somebody that came from abuse and then become an abuser yourself. And if things aren't checked and things aren't Addressed. That's exactly what can happen. So, um, so like Zhang says, in extreme cases, you know, um, antisocial behavior and such uh, considerations to do harm or violence. But when when we reject our shadow, we can exhibit what is called shadow projection. This is kind of what I'm tying into here. with not addressing the shadow, we can project the shadow without even even realizing it. You know, it's uh, can be unconscious action. So, what projection, shadow projection is? Projection happens when you see things in others that you subconsciously recognize within yourself. Those parts make you uncomfortable. As a result, you can seek to judge or punish others who reflect those same traits. We also can become or follow the traits of our experienced traumas, abuse, etc., which I already talked about. Or in my case, addiction. Um, That goes through my whole family. You know, it's not a surprise that I you know, ended up an alcoholic. Uh, That trauma is within my family for generations. And not trying to get into the science of it all, if it's a genetic thing or or what. But uh, that ancestral trauma is there. And ancestral trauma actually plays a, a huge part in all of this too. So going back to... Uh, shadow projection. I'm just going to read this again because I think this is really important. When we reject our shadow, we can exhibit what is called shadow projection. Projection happens when we see things in others that are sub- that we subconsciously recognize within ourselves. Those parts make us uncomfortable, and as a result, we could um, act on those and judge or punish others who reflect those traits. Um, that's what shadow projects. So, so a lot of people you do that in their life. You know, um, they haven't addressed their shadow. They see something in others that subconsciously reminds them of themselves or how they view things, and then they they lash out. I mean, going back to what I'm talking about with uh, abuse. You know, if if you were abused and you haven't dealt with these traumas you can become an abuser yourself because you haven't worked on any of the stuff you just buried it so this stuff is extremely important to um understand and and deal with it it's it's really heavy shit you know what i'm talking about here is the most important thing i think anybody can do on this path forget all the hocus pocus and all the uh just all the wannabe Harry Potter bullshit that everybody wants to do on this path. 
This is the most important. And this is how you identify the work that you need to do by understanding yourself. And so there's a lot that I'm throwing at everybody here that's listening, but I got to do it. I feel that it's a responsibility of mine instead of continuing on talking about magic and rituals and different gods, different systems that we can work with. I feel that it's important before I go on any further to discuss this stuff because without this, Everything else that one may do could either amount to nothing or amount to a lot of pain and suffering for an individual that just jumps into stuff without understanding themselves. You could set yourself up for a world full of hurt with this stuff. I know this personally because I kind of started backwards myself. I wanted to get into all the heavy stuff first. You know what I mean? I wanted to get into all the rituals and I wanted to connect with all these different systems and blah, blah, blah. But I didn't do this. I didn't do shadow work first. I didn't start in the shallow end of the pool. I just dove in deep without even knowing how to tread water. And so I'm telling you from experience, I fucked myself up. (laughs) Straight up. I'm honest on this channel. So this is why I feel that it's, it's so important for me to get this information out with shadow work before continuing on because I don't want to see anybody, any of my subscribers. Um, if you can avoid, if I can make the mistakes for you, um, you, you would probably appreciate that. Let me, let me make the mistakes and then I'll tell you what happened. If that makes any sense. Okay. So we're going to continue on here. Um, So we were talking about shadow projection. Shadow possession and addiction. Uh, This is a quote from Carl Jung. Closer examination of the dark characteristics that is the inferiorities consisting of the shadow reveals that they have an emotional nature, a kind of autonomy, or accordingly an obsessive or better possessive quality. These possessive qualities definitely harbor unhealthy addictive personalities and traits and can control us in making positive choices. Uh, you know, for me, the escapism of my shadow by using substances to cover my shadow before I even understood what the shadow even was um, and to lock away my emotions associated with my shadow the part of me I failed to see or know or the mirror image I couldn't see that's another good description of what the shadow is the part of me I failed to see or knew or the mirror image I couldn't see or that I tried to veil The misconceptions of the shadow. There are many misconceptions of the shadow, which can be defined as evil or dark or something to avoid. The shadow is a not not a detached thing um, that is not part of oneself or it's not the embodiment of quote unquote the devil you know to 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 look at the shadow it's it's not a an a, a negative thing the sh- the shadow necessarily isn't a negative or evil or whatever words you want to use um that there's something wrong with us i mean technically the shadow is the negative parts of the shadow is something wrong. It needs to be addressed, but everybody has it. So it's not, um, this shameful thing. This is called Zhang. I read a quote earlier about that. It is the part of you or each of us. The shadow should not be avoided for you will be going against yourself. So we can't avoid this or you'll be going against you. If you do not address the shadow and the shadow, 
truth can be very ugly. A lot of people think when they find truth and they uncover truth, whether it's about themselves or something within the world, it's going to be this shiny gem. And a lot of the times it's not. A lot of the times it's rotten meat. And it's ugly, it looks bad, it smells bad, but that is the raw... That is what raw truth is. So when we want to find the truth about ourselves... A lot of it's going to be ugly a lot of the times. A lot of it's not going to look too good. But it has to be done. So, the shadow should not be avoided for you will be going against yourself. It's very important. The shadow is not to be seen as a nemesis. It contains pure gold. Again, going back to alchemy. Waiting to be integrated into our personality. Extremely important. That's how I tie it into alchemy right here. It contains pure gold waiting to be integrated. Or impurities that are just waiting to be turned pure, led into gold. We're trying to take these negative aspects of our shadow and work on them and recognize them and understand them and do shadow work so we can turn these impurities into something pure. And therefore, in my definition and in my opinion, that's what self-mastery on this path is all about. Right there. I don't care what anybody says. Anybody can disagree with me if they want. To me, that's it. That's really the full definition. The shadow only becomes hostile when ignored and if not properly understood... That is when it takes control of us. Be guided by your shadow or be dragged by it. So, looking at some of the works that we can read on Carl Jung that talks a lot about shadow work, or um, let me go back to... What's the guy's name? Uh, Robert Johnson has a great book. um, Of owning your shadow and understanding the dark side of the psyche. Um, I've read that book before. I don't own it. I just ordered it. So it should be coming to me again. But I remember reading that a few years back. Very good book. Um, So this is kind of some of what shadow or the explanation of what the shadow is and I kind of threw a lot at everybody so I hope this makes sense but in the next segment I'm going to talk about how do we do shadow work and I'm going to give you a couple exercises that were given to me that I felt really helped me and talk about some journaling and some other things so stay tuned for that that will be in the next segment on this episode and we will be right back or I will be right back. And I am back. Now we're going to get into the second part of shadow work here. And I think I want to start off with um, talking about journaling. Now, there are many different types of journals that you can buy on Amazon, different types of books. I got one here. Um, It's a shadow work journal. And basically what you do is you go through it and you answer um, a lot of the questions in these books that are um, in this book that's thrown at you. And I'll give you some examples. Um, This journal that I have was um, I've been taking part in a shadow work Patreon class with uh, a group Um, Brother Beniti from uh, Primordial Chaos if you've not uh, ever heard of that uh, check out that YouTube channel Primordial Chaos Uh, Brother Brother Beniti is uh, really good and uh, it's been a, a mentor of mine um 
this was a book that he suggested us use um, from Robert Dahus called Shadow Work. Uh, it's Robert Dahus, D-A-H-O-U-S. And basically, you know, I mean, it's a journal. There's a there's a beginning part that, you know, introduction that talks about um, shadow work, you know, the contents. What is the shadow? Um, how are you facing your own shadow? How to do, how do you work shadow work? How shadow work can help restore harmony. Very important. What are good works of the shadow that will help you grow and heal? And there's places to take notes and so forth. I'll just read a couple of the uh, questions so you can kind of get an idea of what kind of questions these journals can ask you. Um... So I'm just going to kind of go off the beginning here. You know, one question as a child, a teenager, or a young adult, how did you handle emotions? How are you doing currently with negative emotions? Over time, has this changed? And then it gives you space to kind of answer that question. Um, each question gives you, you know, some space to kind of just pen in um, your answers. How do you see people and how... Are they going to describe you? Um, how are you feeling? My ideal day starts with... And you can kind of go on from there. Um, if present day me could talk to myself 10 years ago, what would I say? Very kind of profound questions that get asked in these journals. Um, if I'm feeling stress, it means I am resisting something. And you, know, you kind of write on that. Um, how do you fill your time when you're bored? What gives you enjoyment? What self-care do you regularly practice? Um, I'm just reading different um, questions that just so you can get kind of an idea what some of these journals will ask of you. Um, when I think about my future, I fear what? How can I turn this fear into excitement? Um, think about one time where you felt betrayed. What would you say to the person who broke your trust? So going through this journal, I mean, this, I don't know how many questions here. It seems like at least a hundred questions. Um, uh, here's another one. Do you often find yourself overthinking what you've said or how you've acted? What usually triggers this? Um, were your parents or guardians core what were your parents or guardians core values while you were growing up? Do you hold these today or do they differ and how so? So these are just examples of some of the questions and you don't have to get this journal there's, there's plenty of journals out there. Um, I don't know how good or bad certain ones are. I have this one and I think this one is pretty good. Um, again it's from Robert de Hoss. However you pronounce that, that's a shadow work journal. You can get it on Amazon. It's pretty cheap. Um, one thing that has triggered me today, what is what in my past have led to this reaction? Some more questions I'm just reading. I'm just reading off different questions here as I thumb through this book. When I set goals that I need to convince myself I actually want to achieve, inside I really feel... And you answer the question. Um, what are your core values as a human being? What is the most important to you? What are you morally passionate about? So there's some pretty heavy-hitting questions that this journal asks you. Things that you might not know to ask yourself off the top of your head. So that's why these journals are actually pretty good because they already present some of the questions that you might not even know to ask yourself. So they're already written here. And then you just kind of write them in and <clears throat> try to answer them, <clears throat> excuse me, to the best of your ability and uh, as honest and as open because this book is for you. 
Um, you know, this is something that you don't want to leave lying around for other people to to read because you're going to be writing some pretty personal and answering some pretty personal questions here. So journaling is a great way to start with shadow work. Getting a journal like this, reading the questions that are asked and trying to answer them honestly and uh, really trying to dig deep into these questions to really understand sometimes sometimes you read some of this stuff and you don't think that it applies to you you know some of these questions i haven't answered yet because i'm not sure what the answer would be that i would write down um like for this one i don't have i didn't write this this one yet but what are your core values as a human being what is the most important to you and what are you morally passionate about now i haven't written anything for that one yet but as i sit here and read this now what am i morally passionate about well, my wife, my family, my, my house, uh, uh, what are my core values as a human being, um, to try to be as upright and honest and as influential to my stepson as I can possibly be, um, uh, a good husband to my wife, um, a good employee to my employer, so forth. So... Here's another good one. When are you hardest on yourself and why? Where do you think this stems from? Why do you put yourself under so much pressure? Why are you so reluctant to be kind to yourself? Now that's a really... I haven't answered this one yet either. And that's been one of my faults in my shadow is why am I so reluctant to be kind to myself? Um... The funny thing is, I don't need enemies. I'm my own worst enemy. I've been my own worst enemy in my life. I don't need any help. <laughs> so answering some of these, um, I actually have to go back at this book. I've kind of put it aside for a little bit. Now that I, I'm actually doing this podcast on shadow work, um, I realize I got I to gotta come back into this journal and, and, and hit it some more. I've answered a lot of these things. Um, and sometimes the answers might change, you know. Sometimes I read an answer that I've I've given um, to a question in this book, and after maybe a couple months, the answer could change. So I kind of just write a side note in a notebook um, if I want to, you know, add or subtract anything here. Usually, it's not subtracting anything; it's usually adding something. But they only give you so much space to write in these books, but. Um, you know, keeping a separate notebook aside to kind of elaborate more deeply on some of these questions is always a good thing. Um, so working with shadow work, journaling, I would say would be kind of step one, getting yourself a good journal like this and answering some of these questions and see what you write, see what comes out. Um, again, this journal is asking you questions that you might not know or realize to even ask yourself. Here's another one. What is my favorite thing about my life right now? What fear is associated with it and why? I can answer this one right now. My favorite thing about my life right now is my home here in the country that I, you know, I, I, I've been homeless, uh, for many years uh, with alcohol addiction and drug addiction and I, I've been homeless multiple times. So now I own a home in, the, in my country and one of my biggest fears is, is losing it, you know, losing everything that I've, been, I've, I've obtained, um, you know, the bank taking it back, not being able to pay my mortgage or whatever. Um, so that's the fear, <coughs> excuse me again, that is associated with uh, to what is my favorite thing about my life right now, my fear that is associated with it and why is that I'm afraid, uh, one of the fears that I have is that I will lose it um, or something will happen down the road where, you know, financially something devastating will happen, um, job loss, whatever it may be. Um, so these are some pretty heavy questions, like I've said, and 
Here's another one. How often do you forgive yourself? What kind of things do you feel you need to be forgiven for? And why is this? That's a very profound question right there. So, this is just an example of some of the journaling that uh, the journals that are out there and some of the questions that will be asked and you can start journaling and you can really start digging deep just by doing journaling just getting a journal like this and answering these questions honestly and reflecting on them and you know when you write stuff out that's when you can really look at your emotions and have them reflect back at you once you've written them down you know, we can all think in our heads, um, you know, answer some of these questions in our heads. But once you kind of write this stuff down, it's kind of there and you can really go over and read that. And that can be, in my opinion, a great tool to really understand um, yourself, to understand your shadow and to really understand uh some of the questions that you might not know to even ask yourself, you know, these, it goes on and on. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and read this whole thing, but I've given you, um, what makes you self aware of others? What may have improved your childhood? Yeah, there's a lot of heavy, heavy stuff in here. Do you ever have physical reactions to emotional feelings? Oh, yes, I do. Write about these. Why do you think this happens? Powerful stuff. Powerful stuff in in these journals. So these journals will ask you all sorts of questions. And you go through them and you answer them. And that can bring a lot of things that are buried to the surface. So that is one way of doing shadow work is to get yourself a journal like this. Secondly, here's uh, an exercise or a ritual that was presented to me that I can't take credit for this one. Um, Brother Beniti actually asked us to do this, but I want to share it because it was the most impactful thing that I've ever done. Out of all the work that I've done on this path, this self-reflection ritual still to this day has been the most powerful experience that I've ever had. And I've done this ritual more than once and it gets more uh, intense every time I do it. So basically what you're going to do is you're going to get yourself a mirror and you're going to put it on your altar or on a table if you don't have an altar um, you're going to get yourself a mirror that can capture your whole face you want the room to be dark behind you because you don't want to be distracted by anything behind you in the room you want to light two candles on either side of the mirror and you want the lights just illuminate your face so you don't want to wear any clothing Black clothing would be the best, so it blends into the darkness, so you just see your face, as if your face is kind of hovering in midair. You don't want a shirt that has any logos on it, um, or anything like that. If you have a black robe, uh, ritual robe, that would be probably best. Um, If you're going to wear the hooded part of the robe, you don't want it to cover your whole face. You want to be able to see your ears, your forehead, you you know, your chin, your whole face. You want that illuminated by the light of the candles. So you just want to be able to see your face kind of floating in darkness. And you want to start by looking at the forehead, concentrating on that spot for a couple minutes. Then... In between the eyebrows, your third eye, stare at that spot for a couple minutes, then the tip of your nose, then maybe the top part of your lip, and your mouth area, you want to stare at that for a while, then go down to your chin and stare at that for a while. Once you've tackled each one of those spots and concentrated on them for a certain amount of time then you want to just look directly into your eyes 
Now, what's going to happen here is different for everybody. But what happened to me was um, my eyes started to change to the point where the eyes that were looking back at me were not my own. Now, this is a subjective experience. I'm not trying to sell to anybody. I'm just telling you my experience with this. Very powerful. And these eyes, I was kind of told that this could happen, that the eyes that are looking back at you might not seem like your own eyes. And what they are are the eyes of your inner daemon, your agathodaemon, your inner self. And make note of the I had to make note of these eyes you know they looked very somber very tired I could tell that they've been through a lot now these are my eyes that I'm looking through in the mirror but they they didn't look like my eyes it was like something else was staring back at me not my reflection some something something else and it was really my I I perceive it as, as my inner daemon. And I got washed over by a lot of shame and kind of grief and kind of remorse because these eyes that were looking back at me were kind of telling me... Um, they were kind of speaking to me without words. Like, how come you've never sought me out before? How come this is the first time you've ever gazed upon me? And I felt really, like, bad about this, you know. Of course, I wasn't given this information before to ever even search something like this out until I was given this exercise. Once I kind of realized that, then that grief and that shame and that remorse kind of went away and then this feeling of forgiveness and acceptance kind of came in because I never knew to look for my inner daemon before. Before I was on this path, I had no idea what that even was. Some people look at it as, um, or describe it as, you know, religious people describe it as, um, guardian angel or something like that. Um, which I believe is really your guardian angel is your inner daemon. It's, it's you. And so I was seeing my inner self for the first time through this mirror exercise. My eyes were turning golden. They were turning different colors. Um, I was noticing the shape. They went from being tired to somber to turning kind of almost into this kind and forgiving kind of shape and look they 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 changed also you might start to notice some um facial changes your face might morph into different animal figures and those can be animal spirits that walk with you um for me my face kind of started morphing into kind of a cat's face and then kind of into a serpent or snake face which is why my channel is called Serpent, uh, the Serpent's Lair, and why I take the moniker Serpent Headed Mask, because the serpent to me is the most powerful um, occult symbol of what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to shed my skin and become anew all the time, every day. And I have a kind of a spiritual connection also with um, cats, not to sound all fluffy and whatever but um there's good books out there about animal spirits uh, that you can get and you can look up if you have dreams about animals or if your face morphs into an animal doing this exercise you can kind of go through the book and see what that animal uh represents um this one called animal speak um i have upstairs i don't remember the author uh the author uh, off the top of my head um but as you're doing this exercise, you know, your face, your eyes will will change. And I don't want to say if you're doing this correctly that, how do I want to put this? 
if you're doing it correctly and really correctly, what does that mean? I mean, you're going to have your own experience with this. Anybody who's listening to this and does this exercise, you're going to have your own subjective experience that's for you and you alone. So there really is no right or wrong way here. But if you start seeing your eyes change and that something else is looking back at you, that is your inner daemon. And if your face starts morphing into different shapes and different animals or, or whatever it may be, take note of these things. Be aware of these things. Journal after you're done doing this. So as you're doing that and you're, you're looking at your reflection and your true self is showing itself back at you through this mirror... This is the self-reflection ritual, and I was asked to ask three questions. Who am I? Why am I? And what am I? Now, those can be very hard questions to answer. It took me a couple times to do this ritual to even get answers to those three questions. A lot of people can probably say, who am I? And probably give some mundane explanation, some, you know, I'm this, you know, like years ago, if somebody asked me, who am I? I always told them, well, I'm a musician. You know, I used to play in a band. I, you know, so at the time when I was playing in bands, that was kind of my identity. I also did stand up comedy for a while. So that was kind of my identity. So anytime anybody asked me, who am I? I always kind of pitched them this entertainment side of my life to them. Well, I'm a stand-up comedian and I'm a musician. Well, that's some of who I am, but that's not really who I am. You got to ask yourself, who am I? Why am I? What am I? And really get down to the the basic and maybe even boring uh, answers to that question. Again, remember the persona, you know. I always wanted to tell people about the persona self of me. I'm a, I'm a, you know, I was a chef for many years. Um, I'm a musician. I'm a stand-up comedian. I'm in the entertainment business. This is who I am. And I would present people with that. But I would never let anybody know who I am. Somebody that has a lot of, somebody that had uh, addiction problems. Somebody who had insecurities and fears. Um, somebody that had uh, courage and talents, I mean, good or bad. Uh, We never really tell people about the bad. We just tell people about, like, the good in us. But we're asking these questions to ourselves. We're not answering these for anybody else. So you're asking yourself, who am I? Why am I? What am I? And you're asking yourself those honestly and through this ritual or this exercise with the mirror exercise that I'm describing here um, if you want to try this you got to be ready for it though Um, I'll admit when I saw these eyes that were mine yet not mine staring back at me it freaked me out but it was important. It was a step in a direction that opened up a whole nother world to me. Not just the world, but a whole nother aspect of myself that I didn't, I didn't know existed. I saw me for the first time in this ritual. I've stared at myself in the mirror for 46 years. It wasn't until I did this ritual that I actually saw me. So it was very impactful exercise. So that is uh, basically the self-reflection ritual. You know, you don't want to cloud too much things up with like incense and get have smoke get in the way or anything like that. If you want to light incense, make sure it's kind of away from the mirror. Um, You really just want the mirror, you, and the two candles that are going to illuminate just your face. You don't want to see the back of the room. You don't want to see any... um, If you're wearing talismans, tuck them away. You don't want to be distracted by anything else. You just want to see your face kind of floating in darkness. And this is what you want to focus on. Very, very powerful uh, exercise, ritual, whatever you want to call it. Um, 
still to this day has been one of the most impactful things that I've ever done. And I've done it a few times and it gets more intense every time. And um, in my opinion, it's extremely effective. Again, this was a exercise that was given to me to do. I didn't invent this. So um, this isn't anything that I made up. I can't take credit for the structure of this ritual. Um, It was something that was given to me. And then I feel that it's important to share if you're going to do shadow work um, to do journaling, get yourself a journal and do this self-reflection ritual when you feel that you are ready. I don't know when I can tell anybody, you got to know on your own whether you're ready for something like this or not. Um, Because it can mess with your head. You know, it it really can. Um, Shadow work isn't easy. It's very uncomfortable. The reflection ritual can be very uncomfortable. It can be very uneasy. Um, If you've never experienced having any type of um, visuals and any rituals before, and then you have something like this happen that is that happened with with me doing this uh, reflection ritual. It can it, it really can like strike up uh, a lot of emotion in a person. Um, also, another exercise that was given to me was what was called kind of a staircase uh, exercise where you're going down a staircase clockwise and you're thinking about different moments of your life and then going back up the staircase counterclockwise and thinking about different moments of your life. That one didn't really work for me. What I what I changed it to was what I call a hall exercise. So I kind of pictured myself walking down this hallway and on the right side of the hallway were paintings on a wall and on the left side of the hallway there were other paintings on the on a wall the right side were happy moments of my life and the left side were kind of the negative moments of my life and so i envisioned myself as kind of a visualization technique that you got to kind of practice if you've practiced meditation you'll be able to do this if you have a really good imagination you'll be able to do this um but basically i envisioned myself walking down a hall and i would look at one painting on the right side of a happy moment in my life and then look at the opposite painting on the left side of the wall that was more of a um, uneasy or uh, negative part of my life and I visualize myself going down this hallway and looking at each painting on each side, the good, the bad, the good, the bad, all the way down different stages of my life from a child to where I am now. And then coming out of that visualization, which basically I was just laying in my bed in a dark room, no sound, no lights, nothing, and just visualizing the hallway, looking at the pictures as I went down the hallway and making uh, a mental note of each painting and what it was, what, what, what it was showing me, different periods of my life, good and bad. And then once that was done, writing all that down in a notebook, the negative paintings and the positive paintings. Um, I don't know if this makes any sense to anybody. This was just something that I kind of invented. Now, this hallway exercise is kind of something that I kind of invented for myself because the staircase uh, exercise that I was given, um, I had a little trouble with for some reason. So instead, it worked better for me going down a hallway and looking at paintings on either side of a wall, almost like an art exhibit. And just looking at different moments of my life in these stills, in these paintings. Um, you know, from childhood going to summer camp and then um, childhood dealing with an alcoholic father or um, my life at school, um, the good and bad. My life growing up as a young teenager playing music, the good and bad. Um, different types of traumas that happened and, and different types of um, positive things that happened. Just different paintings on the wall as I'm going down this hallway. And until I got to the end, which is where I am now, which the hallway doesn't end until you're dead. So this is a ritual that you can 
continue on doing because your life keeps going forward and you're making new memories and so forth. So there'll be new paintings on the wall. But this is just kind of another exercise that I did um, that I still continue to do while I'm doing shadow work. So between the journaling and the mirror exercise and this hall exercise that I explained, these are some examples of work that I've done for shadow work. And I definitely suggest the journaling and I definitely suggest this uh, self-reflection ritual. Um, very impactful. Um, the results were beyond what I thought I would get by doing, uh, especially the, 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 the mirror uh, exercise. So I thought I would just throw that out there. So we're talking about shadow work and what we can do to uncover the shadow and understand ourselves a little bit better through understanding what shadow, the shadow self is, what shadow work is, journaling, and a couple of exercises I'm just throwing out if you guys want to do them. Um, if you do do them and you want to share your experiences, uh, serpentheadedmask9 at gmail.com. Um, I don't share any emails with anybody, so it's, uh, you know, private. If you feel like uh, saying, hey, I tried this and this is what happened, and I, I would love to hear um, what you might have gotten out of doing some of this stuff if you decide to um, further your shadow work. So I think that's it for now. I think there will be other episodes on shadow work shadow work is not a one and done it's something that you got to keep doing um, almost like the 12 steps a lot of people in Alcoholics Anonymous think you do the 12 steps once and that's it you're cured no you gotta you gotta keep doing them they gotta you gotta integrate them into your life same here so um, I hope this helps some people with shadow work and understanding shadow work and um, some of these exercises and the journaling. I think I'll leave it there. Thanks for listening. And until next time, Sekhem. <laughs>